Would you like to give a shout out to your dad for my new show? Yeah, I'd love to. Hey, dad. Keep flying high. Love ya. G'day, dad. G'day to my old man. G'day, dad. Hey, dad. Hello, dad. Who is in heaven? Hi, dad. Do you want to say hi to your dad? Hi, dad. Hey, dad. Hello, dad. Hey, dad. Hello, dad. Thanks for everything, dad. Hi, dad. Hello, pop. Happy birthday, dad. Hi, dad. How's it going, dad? Thanks, dad. Hello, papa. Oi, Javi, old bastard. Hey, dad. Hello, dad. Uh, I hope you're well. Uh, I, I love you. Hey, dad. Hey, dad. Hi, dad. Where the hell are you? G'day, dad. Hey, dad. Are fathers and dads the same thing? I thought so, but I could be wrong. Hi, I'm Victor, and you're listening to another episode of Father Figures on Sin Nation. Any man can be a father, but it takes someone special to be a dad. That's a famous quote from Australian author Anne Geddes. Uh, In my quest to find more dad and father synonyms to uh, ease the pain of repeating the two words so much over the past months, I suddenly thought, do they even mean the same thing? I mean, to me, yes, they, they probably always have. And, well, I guess not exactly, but, you know, close enough. I guess the word dad is probably a bit more emotive and father is somewhat more formal, uh, a bit distance even. even. But I've never really questioned their meaning. Uh, I guess to piss off my dad or when my dad was pissing me off, I used to call him father. Cheers, dad, uh, could be turned into thank you, father, or hey, dad, becomes hello, father. And, and you know what? Even though father and dad basically mean the same thing, there are lots of people who believe they are actually vastly different. Uh, the English Oxford Dictionary defines the word father as a man in relation to his child or children. Then it simply defines dad as one's father. Uh, I guess uh, like various words with similar definitions, they're still capable of provoking slightly different reactions or emotions. You know, I could call you youthful and you'll probably consider it a compliment, but I could also say you're childish and you might be insulted. Same literal meaning, different connotation. Uh, From what I've read, lots of people believe father is a traditional term and simply means a biological connection where where the dad's relationship is emotional. Dad is a term of affection and and familiarity. Uh, Still, These terms are subjective and it's pretty personal what meanings you'll associate with different words. More importantly, it's not the title you use to describe your father, it's it's how you were treated. Uh, One quote that took my fancy was, you automatically become a father when your child is born, but you earn the title of dad. A little bit of food for thought, but on father figures, I'm going to continue saying dad and father and consider them the same thing. I'll even say father and you should all know what I am talking about. So... On tonight's show, all about dads, fathers and farters, we're going to be discussing expecting fathers. Yes, dads-to-be is our theme tonight, this week. It's 7.32, and so by the time your clock ticks 7.34, a new baby is born. We'll have 35 new ones by the end of the show, so new dads are popping up all the time. Whether these expecting dads are becoming a dad for the first time, the second time, or having their 10th kid, there is a lot to discuss. I'll be chatting to Henry, who is expecting his first child in a few months. We talk about his preparation, nerves and excitement about becoming a dad for the first time. I'll chat to Toby about his experiences in becoming a dad and whether it was different the second time round. I also interviewed Dr. Luke Martin from Beyond Blue about the reality of postnatal depression in men and two campaigns he has helped create that offer support and advice for expecting dads. I also talked with Dr. Irene Lichtwark about the fascination that is Cuvard syndrome. Now, how Cuvard syndrome is often referred to as sympathy pregnancy, and it's basically where men get similar symptoms to their pregnant partner. For example, morning sickness, food cravings, you know, weird food cravings, and extreme cases, labour pain. So some really interesting content surrounding expected dads tonight. And of course, stick around for Dad Joke of the Week, Dadisms and Dad Fashion. I'm sure soon-to-be fathers are just learning the craft of looking daggy, embarrassing their children, and making kids laugh, and laugh at them, that is. Um, The show will be podcast. And you can check out all the previous episodes on iTunes, Facebook, or sin.org. 
www.farta.com.au. Simply search Farta Figures. Make sure you leave the H off Farta, though. A father, though. Um, it's the stinky spelling on this show. <laughs> I should also mention that this Sunday, the 3rd of September, is Father's Day. So that means it's a day to celebrate dads. But it's also a day where you can listen to Farta Figures. That's right. It's a special the very first of its kind for Father Figures. So join me this Sunday from 10am till 11.30 on Sin Nation. It's going to be a little bit longer. So, yeah, shout your dad to break your lunch and you can still sit down with him and enjoy the program. It will be an extensive look at Father's Day, the dadvertising that surrounds it, its history, all the dad gifts, dad activities, and, and yeah, all our usual segments will be enjoyed and because it is that longer show, more dad tracks. So make sure you tune in. Let's broadcast tonight's news. Your TV program, My Life is Safe. I can Dad news! Dad news! Time for Dads in the News. Our first story tonight comes from Japan, where you seem to be able to find all sorts of weird and wonderful things, and now you can hire a dad. Yep, dads are available for hire. The company that offer hireable dads, called Heart Project, says uh, they understand the country's excessive concern for appearances. Ryuchi Ichinokawa's, uh, not sure if I got that one right, but he started his business as a counselling service offering advice over email for a small fee. <laughs> it then grew when a client didn't have a best man and hired him to present the best man speech at his wedding. It's seriously crazy. Uh, the Heart Project has now grown to 100 staff for hire. Uh, weddings are the most popular service, and one client even requested to hire five bridesmaids. And interestingly, about 30 to 40% of his business is hiring stand-in parents. That's right. So say you're in a relationship and your dad disapproves of your partner, simply enrol the Heart Project's family rental services and hire one for a few hours. A dad actor costs about three fifty Aussie dollars. I just learned something crazy about dads every week on this show. Renting a dad, renting a best man. This is as weird and funny as it's probably just plain sad. And back on Australian shores, we have another presidential dad theme. Previously, dads Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin have made headlines in Father Figures news bulletins. But tonight, it's former Prime Minister and father of three, Tony Abbott. Mr Abbott has come under fire for a night of boozing back in 2009, which meant he could not be awoken for crucial parliamentary voting the next day. The old story uh, has come to light because Abbott has finally admitted to it after denying it happened for years. Have a listen to Tony talking about the night he passed out, courtesy of ABC. And then the current Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull's reaction on 3AW when being questioned by Neil Mitchell. Well, there was one famous occasion when um, Peter Costello, uh, Kevin Andrews and I hung out rather a long time here the night that the then Rudd government was uh, trying to bring in measures to deal with the GFC. Oh. And um, I think quite a few bottles of wine were consumed by the three of us. <laughs> Peter was uh, close to leaving at that stage and, and I think all of us were in a mellow and reflective mood. and. <laughs> So the reflections went on for longer and later than they should have, and the impact <laughs> was rather greater than it should have been. So is that I think the I same... famously slept through several divisions. Yeah, I was going to ask if that was the same night. The, the story was that you repaired, possibly for further reflection and introspection, to the couch in your room and could not be roused to... Uh, it was a, a late night sitting uh, against all OH&S rules, as you can imagine. <laughs> so no, I did, I did, uh, I, I lay down and uh, next thing I knew it was morning. Did you get in trouble? Yep. Um, I was, uh, I was uh, chastised by the whip, as indeed uh, I should have been, because uh, you do have to be available whenever the bells ring. 
some other things. Tony Abbott says he was uh, too drunk to vote. I think you were leader at the time. I was, yeah. Were you aware he was too drunk to get into the parliament? Yes, I was. I was, yes. yes. What did you do about it? Oh, well, there was nothing we could do. The, the whips, as Tony acknowledged, the, uh, the, the, the whips tried to uh, rouse him to get him down into the chamber to vote, but uh, he, they were unable to move him. Well, you um, must have been pretty annoyed with him. Well, I was disappointed, but, you know, you, you, you've got to move on with these things. I mean, well, do you? A, I mean, is it acceptable behaviour for a member of parliament is, to do that? It's take meal. Let's, let's and you and I have seen it happen many times, or similar, I suppose. Well, I, I can't remember anyone else missing a vote because they were too drunk to get into the chamber. But, but the fact is, Tony has fessed up to it. He knows it was a, you know, an error or whatever. He's, 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 he's acknowledged it, and that's good. So, but you know, it's, it's clearly, uh, it's clearly not, not acceptable or admirable in any way. Well. At least he was sober in the morning. Uh, but this show is far from political. So all I'll say is he's not the only dad who's passed out on the couch, Mr Abbott, but it's probably the first time I've heard of a dad passing out in Parliament office the night before an important parliamentary vote. Uh, wrapping up with sport, Australia has a new sporting prodigy on the way. 15-year-old Victorian Carl Phillips is a young golfer who has moved to America to pursue his dream of one day playing in the big time, the US PGA Tour. The young gun has already agreed to attend Stanford University in three years after high school on a scholarship in America. He has won 38 Australian tournaments before the age of 12 and a further four junior world championships in the United States. His mother, uh, this is where it gets interesting, his mother returned home to Indonesia after a custody battle when Carl was only 15 months old. So he was raised by a single dad, Paul, who takes great interest in his son's pursuits. He's even created a website dedicated to his son's golfing. It's got links to every result and story about Carl. I mean, I have covered dads in sport and I guess the argument of guidance versus pressure on an earlier episode of Father Figures, but this dad seems to understand how to get the best out of his kid in a loving manner. That's it for Dad News, and it's time for some Dad Bebop sounds. This track is from Dad Nas, who raps about his first kid and only daughter, Destiny. Nas's lyrics address his daughter's behavioural problems and are probably fairly self-critical of his parenting parenting skills. Nas's ex-wife was critical of the song, saying it had nothing positive to say about their daughter. Have a listen just after this first father fact tonight, and that is Nas listed his daughter as executive producer on his album Stillmatic, so she'd always receive royalty checks. So he has done something right. Father Figures will be back discussing the theme of expecting dads right after NAS with daughters. Hello, this is Sin National Radio. I'm Cedric, I'm age 92, and I'm Victor's dad's dad. Check it out. I call it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For my brothers with daughters, I call it. For my brothers with daughters, I call this. For my brothers with daughters, I call this. Unfortunately, I don't have the rights to podcast the music I play on Sid Nation. I guess that just means you'll need to listen live every Wednesday from 7.30pm for all the wonderful dad tracks. Just stream it at sin.org.au or listen on your digital radio. was Nas with Daughters. Actually a pretty emotional song about being a dad, but a good song nonetheless, and you're tuned into Farter Figures on Sin Nation. Tonight, we look at dads-to-be. What to expect when your partner is expecting. How becoming a dad makes you feel, and the pressures behind being a dad. I think these days, most dads want to be involved as much as they can, but have we forgotten about the man in pregnancy? I think it's a really tough topic, actually, because dads, you know, can sometimes miss out. But on the same page, the mothers are the ones carrying the babies and physically giving birth to them. Dads can be sympathetic and supportive, but they can never actually be pregnant. 
There were over 300,000 registered births in Australia last year, so expecting mums and dads are, are everywhere. But do dads have enough opportunity to be involved, especially after the child's born? A lot of the pregnancy focus is on the woman, and it probably should be. But I do think once the baby is born, dads deserve a fair go. I chat with two dads. One is expecting a kid soon, and the other reflects about his feelings surrounding his wife's two pregnancies, and whether it gets any easier the second time round. We'll also be discussing the fascinating Cuvard, Cuvard syndrome, also known as the sympathy pregnancy, where dads can get similar symptoms to their pregnancy pregnant partners. I'll finish with a chat to Dr Luke Martin from Beyond Blue about some support for dads-to-be and postnatal depression in men. All of that later. But first, I want to talk a little bit about society's perceived roles of men and women during childbirth and caring for young children. Last week's topic was stay-at-home dads and we did discuss this a little bit, but I have actually learnt something since then. The same country that has bought Dad's the challenge of assembling flat packs is also leading the way in paid parental leave for men. That's right, Sweden, the nation responsible for IKEA, is also the first country to replace maternal leave with parental leave, way back in 1974, so a long time ago. They are definitely world leaders in giving dads the rights to look after their kids. In Sweden, 45% of parents who claim parental leave benefits are men. Now, compare that to back here in Australia, it's a meagre 2% of men claim parental leave benefits. So Swedish parents are eligible to 480 days of parental leave. So that's 18 months, and both mums and dads are entitled to half, nine months each. So men still only take a quarter of all parental leave, but Sweden are improving those gender norms. They introduced daddy leave in 1995, and no father was forced to stay home, but the family lost one month of subsidies, subsidies if he did not. And soon after that, more than, uh, was more than eight in ten men took that leave. So we are seeing bigger countries follow suit as well. Germany, nearly 82 million people in Germany, and in 2007 they tweaked Sweden's model, reserving two out of 14 months of paid leave for fathers. And within two years, fathers taking parental leave increased from 3% uh, to more than 20%. So it's huge. And, and I guess Australia, I think, is definitely lacking in challenging the traditional family roles of men and women. According to the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development, just one, one in 50 Aussie dads takes parental leave outside of the standard two weeks. And a new study from the Australian Council of Trade Unions surveyed over 5,000 Australian men and found that 60% have never asked for reduced hours to assist with family life, and a quarter of those who did have been knocked back. And employers are 50% more likely to reject a male who asked for parental leave. So there are some damning statistics about Australia and challenging the gender norms, Uh, and I guess the sexism swings both ways in Australia. Women can be seen unable to hold down authoritative, well-paid job positions. And then, yeah, on the flip side, men can be perceived to be unequipped at offering sensitive, supportive and healthy care of their young children. Listen to last week's episode about stay-at-home dads and you'll find dads can and want to take care of their kids. I think this is really relevant to tonight's theme of expecting dads. What is expected of dads during the pregnancy and beyond? I called a 32-year-old dad-to-be, Henry, and asked him how he is going. He's currently playing professional rugby in the French Alps, but plans to move home to Australia after the baby is born. Now, Henry is a pretty relaxed guy, but I asked him about how he's feeling about becoming a dad, how his partner's going, and what preparation he's doing. Have a listen. So, we're expecting our first child at the start of November, I think November 6th is the, the due date. Um, yeah, so I'd say we are preparing, you know, quite a lot, but it's mainly um, my partner who's doing a lot of the preparing and taking a lot of the, the initiative at this at this stage, you know, setting up 
setting up the room and, you know, buying everything. But, you know, I'm going with her and being as supportive supportive as I as I can. But yeah, it's I'd be lying if um if I said I was the one taking a lot of the initiative, it's definitely definitely her. Mm-hmm. And and how did and when did you find out you're gonna be a dad? So I found out, you know, maybe um, a month or so a month or so in. Um my partner she had she did a she suddenly felt like totally different, like she couldn't open the fridge without like reeling back, like what the hell's in here? Um <laughs> and I'd, you know, go through and find like a tiny little vegetable like it and she'd just want to throw it out of the house straight away and just little things like that and she, and she so she went straight away and got got some tests and it you know didn't come back um positive and she was she was quite um bamboozled but then you know she had another one and a couple of days after she was like no nah, i really think i'm pregnant and so yep and it came back positive so then she let me know why i i think i'd come back from being being away for for work and she bought me like a little, um, a little uh, blueberry tart in a little box, and I came back and I opened up the box, and she had the little, um, <clears throat> the little, um, the tester kit in there, and she'd written inside like, oh, you know, you're gonna be a dad and stuff, and I was just blown away. Yeah, I just was speechless. <laughs> yeah, for that that point in time, and yeah, I was just over the moon too, and yeah. So that's how that's how I found out. Mm, and that's nice. And uh, have you always wanted to be a dad? Yeah, I sort of have always wanted to be a dad. I've always known that's like something that I, I have wanted, but it's really only been the last year or year or two that it's really, really, you know, come to the fore. Like, yeah, it's it's a it's a weird thing. Like you you always. Yeah, you know it's you know it's going to happen. You want it to happen, but you just never really, never really sure when. And I suppose I've got um, a brother and two sisters and two set sisters. Some who are older, some who are who are younger, and they've all got um, children. You know, some two or three. So I was sort of the last one of our of our family to 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 to, to be in this stage, but um. Yeah, I've always, I've always, I've always wanted kids, and my my partner, she's she's really, um, really want want some kids, and just really, yeah, she's just got the natural mother instincts. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, in terms of you know becoming a dad, are you nervous, excited, or apprehensive, or a bit of everything? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say I'm a bit. I'm not. I'd say um. A little bit nervous because you know everybody's everybody says to you, you know that you, you you chat to or make sure you get out to the movies as much as you can or do everything you possibly can because the second that that baby's that baby's <laughs> coming, you know your your life's going to be this and your life's going to be that. So you're hearing a lot of different things like that. So yeah you know it's 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 hard. Like you, you think to yourself, ah, oh, whatever, mate, I'm, I'm going to be right. But you just don't know, and the whole process, I suppose, has been a little bit nerve-wracking because, I mean, you just go through all the, the different stages of the of the birth. Um, you know, at the start, you, you're a bit nervous. Or oh, are we going to be able to, you know, get pregnant? How long is it going to take? And then, you know, that happens, and then it's on to the next thing. Oh, okay, um, we've got the scan coming up. You know, is the baby going to be okay? Okay, that's that's all right. Um, the next stage is the, you know, the, is the mother going to be okay? This 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 period is really important for this and this. And then we have these tests. Okay, phew, that's all right. Then it's on to the next next thing. Like, oh, okay, she's getting a bit more pregnant now. We, you know, we don't want to bring her to a birth. Um, what things do we need to do to, you know, counteract that? And so it's like you just sort of so far the process. We're about um, you know, two months out. It's just been you sort of just like you're nervous about one thing, then you tick off to the next, then you're nervous about that. So it's been a bit of a, a process so far, but you know, we I think we've been pretty pretty relaxed about it. Which we're trying not to let it change our lives too much. Still going and doing things, but you know, being a bit not not too silly about it as well. So yeah, it, it, it's you know a lot of different emotions I'd say. 
Yeah, and how are you feeling about the childbirth? You know, are you you're going to be there and and everything? Yeah, well, my my partner asked me a couple of days ago. She said, "So, what do you want your role to be in the birth? Do you want to, you know, sort of be in there helping helping the doctors and doing this sort of stuff?" And I, I was a bit. I didn't hadn't I had to be honest I'd never really thought about what I want my role to be um uh, in the birth so yeah I, I I suppose I'll just go with the flow and I I'm a I'm not too nervous no no I'm not too nervous I'm a, maybe a little yeah maybe a little bit nervous actually just coming to think of it now like you know you want everyone uh, you know my wife and the, the the baby to be healthy but um but yeah I It'll be an interesting experience, that's for sure. I just yeah. hope everything's all right. Have you, you know, put put a thought into, you know, a, down the track, you know, being a dad and preparing to be a dad? To be honest, no, I haven't. I haven't really thought that far ahead. To be honest, uh, I sometimes think to myself, you know, things I'd like to do, like with my with my child, like, you know, maybe if I'm you know, apps playing around, doing, you know, a bit of sport. I sort of think, oh, this would be cool, like, to take my child. Like, if I'm going fishing, like, I think to myself, or surfing, I think to myself, oh, I can't wait to, you know, take take my take my kids um, kids surfing. But uh, I haven't given it heaps of thought, to be honest. I've just been sort of a bit more focusing on, um, you know, the, the, the immediate things, yeah, like the birth and things like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I suppose I'll just take you know, just take that as it comes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, how do you feel about changing nappies? <laughs> oh, gee, I, I think I'll be fine. I think <laughs> I'll be fine. I, I've, I, I have changed a few before with some of my cousins, um, you know, to, to to have a bit of practice. And, I, I, I'm, a, I, you know, it's one thing you do realise is like, oh, it's actual, like, you know, it's not a little... Like natural baby poo, it is actually poo. It stinks the same. It does the same, and that gets a bit of a shock to you the first time you, you change a couple. But I'm hoping that you know when it's your own flesh and blood, it'll you'll think of it a little bit differently. <laughs> I, I joke to my, I do joke to my partner though that um, that'll be her job, her job. Uh, I, uh, but um, I'm definitely not serious, and I, I'm, I'm I'm definitely full aware that I'll I'll be getting in there and changing and. Getting um, getting probably poo on myself, vomit on myself, and yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be different. It's gonna be pretty bizarre, but you know, I'm looking forward to it. Maybe last one would be, I guess, just sum up. You know, the feelings you're having, I guess, about becoming a dad. Any, you know, any, it can be anything, whether it's you know nerves or excitement or everything. I guess. Yeah. Um. Or you I'm haven't pretty, thought um, about it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Hey, like I'm, yeah, I'm really excited to sort of have my own flesh and blood. I'm, I'm, I'm really curious about how the baby's going to turn out. You know, at this stage, what's he going to look like? Um, just a lot of unknowns, really. But yeah, I'm definitely like, I can't wait to have a, you know, a, a kid, and I'm just really looking forward to it. Thanks, Henry. Uh, Sounds like he's excited, but at this stage, he's just riding the wave and trying to be as supportive as possible to his fiancée. I thought it would be important to speak to a dad who has recently had kids and more than one, so I could get an understanding of what it's like the second time round. Toby's wife is Swedish, but they decided to raise their kids in Australia. Toby has two young kids, and I asked him about how he felt before he was a dad and if expecting a child is easier the second time around. Well, the first one, so she, so my wife gave me a big spiel about how, you know, we should start trying pretty soon after we got married because it can take up to a year and, and, um, and I thought, well, that, that'll be pretty good. And I reckon within bloody weeks, mate, we were pregnant. So, <laughs> and then, <laughs> so it was, um, yeah, it was it was very it was very quick, which we're very lucky, very fortunate. Um, I guess unfortunate in other ways, but yeah. So it was, and then we found out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a 
wasn't overly a surprise because we were trying. Um, I was surprised it went so quick. Mm-hmm. And the same case with the second one, you, it was a planned yeah, pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, all planned. And Swedish efficiency, mate, all planned. <laughs> First one was born on a due date. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. And was there anything on the, the bucket list that didn't get ticked off? You know, everyone says once you have a kid, you, you know, there goes your life. Did you, do you feel that at all? Or do you feel like there was, you know, you're in a mad rush when to try and tick things off the bucket list or anything like? Nah, we were fine. We were ready. I think that's because we were a bit older. You know, we're in our 30s. We traveled, we lived overseas. Um, we actually, in the space of about a year, we just went from, you know, carefree people living in an apartment in St Kilda, you know, smoking half a packet of ciggies a day and going out all the time. And we just, I don't know, maybe it was like an internal switch for both of us. We went from that to, you know, buying a three bedroom suburban house, getting a station wagon, buying a dog, um, giving up you know, not drinking and smoking as much. So I think we were just, we were just, and then getting married, we were just ready. And how did, how were you feeling like the first time, if you can remember, you nervous, I, You excited? know what, I absolutely remember the first one. I was, I was super excited, but I was really nervous and I was really scared. And, and I, I'm a bit of a worrier. You know how some people are worriers in, I'm always worrying about something or you know and and so I just started oh mate I was worrying about everything I was worrying about the birth and was I going to be home and when was it going to happen and was it going to be okay Uh, how are we going to afford this what happens if I lose my job you know what do I do with the dog when the everything I was worried about Mm -hmm. and the second time not as worried not as worried still still a little still a little bit worried that everything was going to go okay but pretty relaxed Mm mm-hmm I do remember with the first one, I was talking to my, this is when I was at this ad agency, I was talking to my boss and he could tell that I was flipping out a little bit and he was a pretty, he was a pretty easy going guy and he said, just stop and we worked in the city, we're outside and he said, just look around and I looked around and he said, what do you see? I said, just a shitload of people and he goes, everyone's being born, everyone's getting born every second of the day, don't worry about it and that was really good advice. And in terms of the the childbirth did you play a big part in that and you know help prepare for that or you took a back seat or no nah, I was in yeah it was no nah, that was um I think you know what I reckon it's changed my generation all of my mates are involved like there's no sitting in the waiting room anymore it's just you're in it together um you know we went to the um the classes beforehand and and on the day, and even the hospitals are all kitted up. Like they, they, they expect dads to be in the room. You know, there's no, you know, don't even get an option to, to not be there. But no, I wanted to be there, and I was there for the, for the whole thing. And it was, um, it was, I mean, it was full on, but it was the the best, the absolute best. Mm-hmm. Just roll with it. <laughs> Just absolutely roll with it. Because um, I was a bit freaked out beforehand, and I remember, you know, everything the first time you know, people talking about drugs and, you know, should it be a natural birth and should you use pethidone or should you have an epidural or, you know, all this stuff. And it just messes with your head and messes with your wife's head or your partner's head. And, uh, and I, we had a really cool obstetrician and he said, uh, cause we were flipping out cause we went to this thing and then the midwife had said, ah, oh, you're not planning on having an epidural are you and we were like yes and she's like oh well, that's damaging to the baby potentially and we we're like oh jesus <laughs> and are you gonna have pethidine well maybe oh well do you want a drugged baby or like oh no jesus um and then i remember the obstetrician he just said look you're paying at me a fair bit of money do you trust me and we said yep and he said i will tell you what to do on the day don't worry about it he said that's my job and i thought and that went really smooth both both Days were amazing days. Best days of my life, I reckon. Mm-hmm. It's full on. It's the most full on day ever. But it's, yeah, pretty memorable. How, what sort of, before the, the kids came along, and bef- you know, how did you prepare? Did you do any preparation? You said you attended classes, but in terms of, you know, becoming, being a dad, did you do any, lots of research and, and all of that? Or you were 
chilled out about it? No, nah, I didn't. I didn't do much about being a dad. Um, we did a lot of the usual prep, you know, get the room ready, buy all the stuff, buy all the unnecessary stuff because it's the first kid. So you know, breathing monitors and all that stuff that you <laughs> <laughs> all the stuff that they know when you go into baby bunting, they know you're a first time dad. Like, yeah, we came out with so much stuff, like this heart rate monitor that goes under the sheet. And they just get you because they're like, oh, so you, you don't want to know if your baby's, like, they're not breathing? So I was like, oh, no, we'll take it. <laughs> and then it goes off in the middle of the night and you, everyone panics and it's just because the baby's moved. And do you think uh, in do you, today's society maybe and, and have you felt more pressure to be that hands-on dad at the same time as also trying to provide financially as well? Yeah, I reckon that's a really good question because I... I honestly believe we haven't got it quite right in Australia because there's a there's pressure and internal pressure. Like I I'll, like I want to be a dad. You know, I'd rather be doing that than other stuff. I'd rather be doing that than working and things. But you have to work, right? And I just think, as much as we don't like to say it, there is still double standards. So it's tough because you've got this expectation where um, you know, you should be helping with everything with the kids and you should be getting up at night time if you can and you should be sharing the load because you should. It's both your baby. It's not, um, you know, it's not just a woman's role. And But then you've got the same thing where you're expected to be at work. And I just think you look at maternity versus paternity in Australia and it sucks, man. It's ridiculous. So it's. I think I got a day at my job paid paternity leave one day one day and I had to bring in a birth certificate and I said if I was going to fake a birth guys I'd just say I was sick yeah um but for you know at least where my wife works at a bank and they're good you know they gave her three months paid and she could take that at half pay but then um you know she obviously had holiday pay that she could use so she could take a year off both instances no problem but I'd love to take six months off. Like, how good would that be? And do you think you uh, learnt anything from your own father that you brought to your parenting? Whether it be uh, subconsciously or consciously? No, I reckon there's a couple of things from my dad. He was, um, he was a, my dad was a good guy and he was quite impressive because he was your typical bloke from that generation right he worked long hours and that's what he did you know we saw him occasionally we saw him on weekends and stuff but um he was up early late home and he said to me when our first was born he actually said to my wife um he said can you I want to look after Tilda for a day a week when she's a baby and he said but the problem is I don't know what to do because I never had the chance and he said, can you teach me what to do? And he did it. And she said, all right, this is how you look after a baby and feed them and change them. Um, and so he, yeah, he did it. He made loved it. He did more than a day a week. So he'd pick her up and Eva would be back at work. And, um, and he said to me, actually, he said, my biggest, I, I missed out on this. He said, don't, he said, don't miss out on this stuff. He said, I know it's hard with work, but try not to. So I think that was pretty good advice. What, what did you learn a lot the second time around? Is it, or you just were more relaxed in general or? I reckon the second time around you're just a bit more relaxed. You're not constantly anxious about things. You're not, as much as you think you're a really cool, calm and collected parent, everyone's a pain in the ass, you know, getting kids to bed at a certain time and making sure they eat the certain stuff and, um, you know, you get to the second one and you're just a bit, I think you're a bit more fun to be around because you're just a bit looser with everything and it's fine. The kids are fine. Everyone's fine. And so if you got asked by a dad-to-be, what would you be your advice? Don't second-guess yourself because you, you're not, you're not going to get it right, so don't worry about it. Like if you have a really bad, a bad night or if things aren't working just keep going um, I think the only other advice is just you will get sleep deprived 
and you will start you and your partner every now and then will just butt heads because you're both knackered. So if you can just keep an eye on each other, you'll be all right because you need to be in it together. Hi, this is Luke's father and you're listening to Vata Figures on Sin Nation. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. Although them again, we will never, never, never trust. <laughs> them not know what they do. Big out to yai while I'm sticking like glue. Blinking green while they're plotting for you. Unfortunately, I don't have the rights to podcast the music I play on Sid Nation. I guess that just means you'll need to listen live every Wednesday from 7.30pm for all the wonderful dad tracks. Just stream it at sin.org.au or listen on your digital radio. Hill with Forgive Them Father. You're back on Sin Nation listening to Farter Figures as we discuss Dads to Be. We've now heard from two dads about the emotions, nervousness and excitement surrounding their partner's pregnancies. It was a good insight tonight from our dads. Once again, it is a small sample size on Farter Figures, but there were a few interesting things to note. They both wanted to be involved in the birth and as much as possible afterwards. Both dads tonight said they are learning as they go and sometimes that can be the best approach because there's there's nothing like the real thing. Nowadays, I think more dads are being involved in the birth, offering support for their partner and trying to understand the process. But I think the dads tonight realise that they are not the ones with the baby inside them. However, did you know some expected expectant dads can experience pregnancy symptoms not unlike their partners. This is called Cuvard syndrome or a sympathy pregnancy and I just find this fascinating. I've read about a few cases of it online. Some dads can get morning sickness, weird food cravings, weight gain, nausea, reflux and in extreme cases labour pain. It's crazy stuff. And I asked uh, tonight's dad if they had heard of it or felt any effects of Cuvard syndrome. Henry hadn't even heard of it and Toby said he didn't experience anything like it. Many men with expected partners may not even be aware of this condition as the symptoms are rarely presented to a doctor. And the doctor may not even know about Cuvard syndrome. The cause of Cuvard syndrome is not known, although some experts believe it is a psychosomatic condition caused by factors such as anxiety about fatherhood or even closeness to a partner. And others believe the symptoms are the result of a high level of female hormone in the dad-to-be's body, and others just think it's bullshit. There is not a whole heap of research on it, especially in Australia, but I contacted Monash University researcher Dr Irene Lichtwag, who did some research in 2010 about Cuvard syndrome as part of a larger study into expecting dads. I wanted to find out more. Uh, so what happened was um, I was involved with a, um, a group at Waikato University that was looking at stress in, um, in new mothers and, and during pregnancy and in early um, phase of early parenthood. And I sort of had the feeling that the dads were sort of a bit left out and um, I was frantically looking for a topic. And so I thought, right, let's look at what's going on for dads. And then fairly quickly, I hit onto some research on Cuvait syndrome, which is basically fathers uh, expressing or displaying symptoms, sort of the typical pregnancy symptoms, like, uh, you know, feeling, having morning sickness or having food cravings or being constipated or the opposite, um, having constant aches and pains somewhere. Um, so these kind of things. And they are not really explainable, although they've been um, they've been reported from, from lots and lots of different cultures over you know, a long time in history, even way back. Um, 
so it's, I thought it was a really interesting thing to look at. And when I when I had a look at it, I found that um, the literature said that it's not very common in Australia. It's very common in places like the United States, and I think it was Italy and South American countries. It was fairly common and well recorded. Um, but Australia was not much of it, and New Zealand wasn't a terribly fertile field in this either. Now, we can speculate why that is. And I suspect it's, A, maybe people haven't looked at it, B, because of the way we sort of express ourselves. You know, the, the blokey bloke would not go around and say, oh, I've got, you know, cuvette syndrome and I'm, you know, constipated or something. Who would admit that? Um, so that might have something to do with it. While in these other places where it's more more often reported, I think those people are a little bit more sort of open towards things like that. So that's my theory why it's not quite so commonly reported in Australia. So would you say it's more of a, you know, a mental thing or is it a physical thing or or it's still a bit unknown as to, I guess, the causes? Yeah, I mean, the causes, I think, are, are mental, like not mental in a, in a negative sort of way. I, I suspect that the, the men that are very empathetic and very, very good at empathy, that they are the ones that probably would expect uh, experience those sort of symptoms. So it's it's... It comes from the from the psyche, from the psychological part of the body. Um, so that's why I'm avoiding the term mental a bit because it has connotations. Um, and I think it's it's while it is probably not terribly pleasant, I think it's actually a good sign. It's it's the father's way of preparing for the arrival of their child. Um, but anyway, obviously men have got no no physical involvement in that other than that very early little action. Um, and some men might feel that you know unconsciously that this is their way of of kind of preparing themselves for it, mm-hmm. um, so I, I I think it's it's comes from the psyche, but it then manifests in the body in those symptoms. Any effects after birth? Usually, it disappears very quickly after birth. So within a day or so, it's gone, and that is one of those um, symptoms that that's kind of sort of almost diagnostic for for Cuvite syndrome that it does not these symptoms do not persist after pregnancy. They're gone very very quickly as soon as the baby's there. You know, do you believe it's, you know, it because it, there are some people um, from what I've read that sort of push back at the idea and think it's, you know, almost men trying to steal, or, for want of a better phrase, but men trying to, um, I guess, steal the thunder from women and that sort of stuff. But do you, you know, do you think it's it's something that, that does exist? I think it does exist because it's been... You know, it's it's not a new thing. It's been recorded over a long, long time. It definitely does exist. Um, I prefer to look at it as being, rather than men stealing the limelight, I prefer to think of it as men being very empathetic and sympathetic towards their, their partners. Um, I don't think this needs to be kind of vilified or, you know, being looked at as being something negative. I think it's actually something positive um, that we probably should, you know, talk more about and, and in a way encourage the guys to be to be able to talk about it and, and admit to it um yeah because i think it's it's you know you know men i think are very um neglected when it comes to the whole sort of maternity thing um because they just sort of toddle along as a support person and and it's it's barely acknowledged that you know they turning into parents too yet it's, it's not just a woman that turns into a parent it's also the man and it comes with a massive transition, and um, society as such does not acknowledge that in the least, really. Mm. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's if men would do more of it, then maybe society would wake up a little bit more to it and, and you know, pay some attention on them as well. I mean, yes, of course, the woman is bearing the grunt of it, but, um, I mean, I'm obviously not a father, but I imagine it's it's a big deal to a dad too, you know. It's, mm. <laughs> That's, that's, that's their way of becoming a parent. That's the best they could do. It's, it's sort of fairly remote. So if they can if they can draw it like that and make it personal for them, then I think it's a good thing. Thanks for the insight, Irene. Uh, it's truly fascinating. And I think she's probably right in saying <clears throat> it is a good thing, even if lots of dads would never admit it. And if you don't have Couvard syndrome, uh, but you do want to sympathise with your partner, There is a hospital in China with a machine that stimulates the pain of childbirth. I've seen pictures of men in the chair 
and it does not look pleasant. But if you're not into that, just be supportive. Our last guest on tonight is Dr Luke Martin, who works at Beyond Blue. They have two campaigns called Dadvice and SMS for Dads, which aim to offer support and information for new dads. I also talked with Dr Martin about a serious issue, and that's postnatal depression in men. Now, this is another thing that is probably a little taboo for men, but it exists, and I think we should talk about it. So a couple of years ago, uh, Beyond Blue got some money from the Movember Foundation to do some work supporting the mental health of new dads, because we certainly saw in the research that becoming a new dad is a time when rates of depression and anxiety flare a little bit. So obviously, there are some, some need to support men in that time. So we've put together a few projects, and I guess the two big ones are, there's one called Dadvice, which was Australia's first mental health campaign for new dads, which is really just trying to start a conversation around, you know, we know that becoming a mum is a really difficult time, but it's also not that easy becoming a dad for the first time. So we provided campaign and website and information to help dads look after themselves. And the other project is SMS for Dads, which Beyond Blue funded the University of Newcastle to do. And this is approaching things a little differently. This is a text message-based support system where throughout the, the pregnancy and first 12 months of a baby's life, dads receive text messages offering tips and advice and information around um, how to look after a baby, how to be a supportive partner and, and how to look after yourself. And if dads indicate that they're struggling in, in responding to those texts, they can get a phone call to, to talk through any challenges they're having. So they're really two of our... Um, Two of our big projects that we've been doing over the last 18 months to, to support new dads. Mm-hmm. And, and why, why do you think you got involved and, and sort of what is your involvement, I guess, in both of the projects? Yeah, it's a good question because I, I was the project manager for the, the Dadvice campaign and then I was, I guess, more of a, a contract manager for the uni um, research project. But at the time, I've got three kids. They're all under five years of age. So I had two kids one was two and one was just born and I was working at Beyond Blue and I was finding kind of um, fatherhood a lot tougher than I thought it would be in terms of just how demanding it was at a personal level and then um, when we put a proposal into Movember to do this work I thought I would love to work on that because I'm in that life stage and I really didn't see much around at the time that was kind of showing the, the full kind of guts and glory of what it's like to be a dad in, you know, the, the 2000s plus. So I was very excited to, to get involved and actually develop something that reflected the reality of the dads that I speak to and, and the modern dad is a very particular type of dad. So yeah, for that, I jumped on board the chance to get involved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was actually, I was telling my housemate last night that I was going to be talking to you about, I guess, uh, postnatal depression in men and, and he said, oh, is that even a thing? And, and so how common is it for, for dads to get this postnatal depression? Yeah, it's, it's such a common reaction and it's, it's, got, it's, a, it's a fairly young field of inquiry. It's really been over the last five or ten years that we've been studying it really closely. So we know that about one in ten dads will experience postnatal depression after the birth of the baby and around one in 20 before the birth, so during pregnancy. So it's not uncommon. It's, it's not as common as, as postnatal depression in mothers, which is closer to one in six. But it's certainly 10% of dads, that's a, a big issue. And, and many more dads are, you know, what, what we would say would be distressed during that time, even if they don't meet criteria for a mental health condition. So um, the, the importance of supporting men during that time is, is really, really clear. But also understanding that the public doesn't really get it yet. They don't really get that men can experience postnatal depression. So if you're a dad that's finding it tough and on your radar isn't the possibility that you might have postnatal depression, um, we clearly have got some work to do around that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And is, is it mostly um, sort of occur with first-time, first-time dads? Yeah, the rates are certainly higher from that transition from no children to one child. And then from, from that, for subsequent children, it's, it's mainly around normal population rates. So yeah, it does seem to be this, this life transition point where um, we, we're seeing this big adjustment issue. And depression, obviously, is most common at times of stress. So obviously, becoming a parent throws a lot of new stress in your life, which is leading this, this you know, higher rates of depression. 
Mm-hmm. And and do you think there is more pressure on on dads in today's modern society? Yeah, I think certainly the the role of fathers has changed in this this current generation. I think the the modern dad carries with him, I guess, the provider mindset that he inherited from his dad, which kind of says to be a good dad, you financially provide and you do the yard and you take care of outside of the house um, in the old cliched way. But they've combined it with the model of their peer group, which is the dad that is hands on. He's taking the kid to the park. He's changing nappies. He knows everything you need to know about baby development and He's kind of merging these two types of fatherhood in a way that previous generations, in a way, have had a simpler role. And that's certainly something we heard from the dads that we were working with in our research is around how much pressure dads feel to be kicking gold in all area of areas of their life. So performing at work to the same standard they were beforehand, taking the weight off their partner when they get home from work, reading to their kid, um, it pretty much just spinning a thousand plates and hoping none of them fall over and that can certainly add a lot of pressure to to a dad and then certainly this idea that to if you're kind of buckling under the weight of that pressure that you reach out and ask for help is a sign that you're failing in your role as a dad can be a little bit of a dangerous um, recipe um, so I think the our research certainly pointed to there are some pretty unique demands around being a dad in 2017 Mm-hmm. And just as well, quickly, dads can um, jump on and do a stress test. Is that right? If they're... Yeah, that's right. Because we, we certainly hear from dads that it's pretty overwhelming when you, uh, from anything from trying to figure out how to um, you know, assemble a cot through to how to get help for your mental health, it's a pretty overwhelming array of information that's out there. So we've put together just a really quick um, kind of checklist on our website where you can punch answer in quick 10 questions around how you're traveling and we will provide you with what what level of information and support you might need at that stage so we we kind of put you into mild moderate or or high categories of of support and it's a really good starting point if you're not really sure what where you're at or how you're feeling about things it's a good way to tune in and, and get some recommendations of what your next step might be if you're feeling that there are some things you could be doing to feel more on top of, of life. Um, it's certainly a good place to start it, and that's at dadvice.org.au. Thanks, Luke. I think it's good we're discussing another issue that can affect dads to be. And Dadvice and SMS for Dads are great campaigns that can raise awareness and help dads be the best dads they can be. I think we need to remember. Uh, what we do need to remember is dads can be affected by lots of different things, but overall, becoming a dad will be an amazing experience for most men. If you're enthusiastic and show love, I don't think you can really go wrong. Every dad will have a, a different outlook and you can prepare as much as you can, but nothing will be like the real thing. I would like to see Australia be more allowing for dads to have hands-on roles at home, but if you work together with your partner, you can still do what's right for your family. Um, I guess to wrap it up, being a dad sounds like it's challenging and a dad-to-be sounds like it's challenging and sometimes stressful, but most of all, it seems like it's an exciting and wonderful time. Uh, Let's quickly wrap up the show with some laughs. Hey, do you think your dad's funny? No. No? No, no way. Yeah, not really. No. Hey, do you think your dad's funny? Nah. Ah, no way. Oh? No. Not really. <laughs> no. No way. No. 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 Not particularly. <laughs> does your dad think he's funny? Of course. Yes. Yeah, he really does. Yes, I think he thinks he's hilarious. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Does your dad think he's funny? Yeah, he does. Yes. Yes, he does. Yeah, I reckon. Yep. Doesn't every dad? Yes. Yes. Yes! Is your dad a fashionista? What's that? A fashionista. He loves his fedora. Oh, yes. Aren't they all? He thinks he is. No way. Nah, he dresses lame. Certainly not. No way, Jose. Jeans and joggers every day. A Crocs cool? Hell no. He tries to be. Oh, he thinks he does. No. Does your dad say things that annoy you? Every day. Almost every day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, what? 
Oh, yes, actually, quite regularly. Yeah, every day. Always. Yes. Uh, does your dad say things that annoy you? Yeah, quite regularly. Yeah. Yes. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if our dad-to-be has any dad fashion he's looking forward to wearing. Tonight's dad had some brilliant responses to the hard-nosed questions. You ready for my three big big questions that all dads get asked on the show? Yeah, shoot. Uh, Favourite or your go-to dad joke? Go-to dad joke? Um, What do you call cheese that doesn't belong to you? Sure. Nacho cheese. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's, the, that's, that's a good dad joke. Yeah. Thanks, Victor. <laughs> uh, dadisms or dad sayings, you know, something that, you know, your kids might roll your eyes at because you sort of say it a fair bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I drive my kids absolutely crazy. Just, I think it's in the morning. They reckon that I just clap my hands all the time. I just say, <laughs> hurry. Just walk around club my hands saying hurry, hurry up and it drives them um, it drives them mental. As soon as they wake up in the morning you just have to keep them moving. Because if they stop for any reason, you're stuffed. Any sort of dad fashion that maybe you're looking forward to wearing something a bit daggy. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to strutting the beach in a in my in a t- just a t shirt and speedos. Great dad comedy. That's a great dad combination. <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to just showing the bench in that. <gasps> that is so good. The dad, because uh, last week on the show I do my dad fashion stuff at the end, and I was talking about speedos, but I totally forgot the combo of the shirt and the speedos. <laughs> the t-shirt, yeah. yeah. The t-shirt and the speedos. <laughs> oh, worst dad fashion. So. A while ago, I was walking past the Dimmies and I saw a pair of Bonds tracksuit pants for five bucks. And I thought, that's good value for a pair of tracksuit pants. So I bought them and they turned, I think they're women's ones because they're quite tight. <laughs> but I refuse not to wear them. And it drives my daughter crazy. She's really embarrassed by them because they're a bit tight around the hips. Oh, that's all right. Do they flare out? Or they they flare out a bit, yeah. <laughs> I loved hearing that our dad-to-be tonight already had some dad fashion he was looking forward to being able to shamelessly wear. I was almost annoyed at myself that I had the oversight to miss the Speedo rash vest combo when I showcased Speedos on last week's dad fashion. I think you could mount a case for rash vests deserving their own spot on dad fashion. Dads usually staunchly enforce that all their kids need to wear a rash vest until the get kid gets to that age. You know, the age where they can make their own decisions to not have to wear a rash vest and the fact that dad walking down the beach in budgie smugglers and a rash vest is seriously mortifying. Cue some music. It's time for Father Figures Dad Joke of the Week. Uh, let's make that plural because I couldn't split these two and they are both true stories. So yeah, on the way to the studio tonight, I was mugged by a bunch of mime artists. They did unspeakable things to me. I also uh, decided to buy shoes from a drug dealer. I don't know what he laced them with. I've been tripping all day. (laughs) They are brilliantly silly. I'll compose myself for this week's dadism. I'm sure plenty of dads have frustrated their kids with this one. Tonight's dadism is dedicated to family holidays. Whether it's a road trip, Dad's trying to navigate a new city or taking you on a hike. Everyone's grumpy because Dad has no idea where he's going. It's a wild goose chase. And as soon as someone tells Dad he's lost, he comes out with an all-time annoying dadism. We're not lost. I'm just not sure where we are. So very frustrating and very Dad. Instead of saying, yes, I have no idea where we are going and I shouldn't have simply relied on my nouse, the simple irritating dadism. We're not lost, I'm just not sure where we are. No Father Figures episode can be complete without celebrating the daggy, comfortable, embarrassing and nonchalant dad fashion. Tonight we're going to be focusing on an important fashion accessory. What's the point of wearing a suit unless you don't ruin it with a novelty tie? That's right, novelty ties. 
Now, not all dads are guilty of these, but you can tell a dad is genuinely committed to his dad fashion if he utilises novelty ties. There was always that one teacher at school who seemed to own a different novelty tie for every day of the school year for all your schooling years. In high school alone, that teacher would have owned over a thousand novelty ties. I can guarantee you that teacher was a dad. Uh, if you become a father, it is your responsibility to entertain first and impress second, um, and that's what they do with the novelty ties. It is Father's Day on Sunday, um, so I suggest if your dad doesn't own some novelty ties already, um, actually, he probably doesn't want to start his collection now, but if he does, buy him one. He'll love it. And that's it for another great episode of Father Figures. And speaking of Father's Day, it's only four days away and I'll be here on Sin Nation from 10am to 11.30 for an extended special. So make sure you tune in, listen with your dad. Stay tuned on Facebook for reminders. And always, as always, you can catch up on all the previous content, including this episode. Search Father Figures on Facebook, sin.org.au and iTunes. I really appreciate all the love. Thanks to our wonderful guests. I thought tonight was great and this hour is up. So that's 35 new babies in Australia while you've been listening. So people are becoming dads all the time. It's exciting. I'll leave you with a powerful song about a dad-to-be who decided he wasn't ready for children. Um, this heavy track makes a statement about abortion and the importance of understanding the power of, of the paternal role before becoming a father. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll catch you on Sunday. This is Common with Retrospective for Life. Tell your dad, tell your friends, tell your friends' dads, and tell your dad's friends. Hi, it's Victor's dad. You've been listening to another episode of Father Figures on Yo. Sin Nation. Take it. Knowing you the best part of life, do I have the right to take yours? Cause I created you irresponsibly, subconsciously knowing the act. I was a part of the start of something. I'm not ready to bring it to the world. Have myself believe.